0: Welcome to the Spark Podcast, where we talk about trends and what's coming next. How are you doing today, Adam?
1: I'm doing great, Manny. And how are you? I'm doing very
0: well. Uh, I'm Manny Tran, and we have Adam Hartung here. We're Spark Partners. And today, we want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we're approaching the holidays, and it seems as though once um, Thanksgiving starts, you blink, and then it's the new year. Absolutely. it's crazy. I mean, the older you get, the faster that process goes. But it got us thinking about what uh, what everybody's doing, right? Everybody has these resolutions and all that. And, you know, we won't go into the details if it's worthwhile that make these things. But we will talk about how you are preparing yourself and your business for the next year. So uh, it got us talking about the value of things and, um, you know, especially these, these giant companies and maybe how they um, – were able to pivot and capitalize on the, the pandemic. I mean, some of these folks are very very smart.
1: Yeah, Manny. So one of the things that I noticed, we've been in this pandemic now for coming on eight, eight to nine months. We're supposed to be getting a vaccine, but this the whole process of vaccination it means we're not going to have a, um, a world where we live without masks, for example, for probably another year. And, and the reality is, is that in the last nine months, and certainly as we go through the next six, the world has changed. It's a different place. You know, we're working from home. Uh, we are uh, got a whole different approach to how we want to get things done. We're not eating in restaurants as much. And, that, and there's a I see on the news people keep saying, when are we going to get back to normal? I'm, and I'm amazed. It's like, hey, it's been eight months of this. Do you not realize this is the new normal? Do you not realize that we're moving towards yet another new normal sure. in 2021, right? And so as we move to that, my thinking is, are you preparing for what the new normal of 2021 will look like? Or are you stuck sitting there saying, I want the new normal to look like 2019? If you're in that spot, I'm sorry, it ain't gonna happen. 2021 is not gonna look like 2019. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about what the process one would use to try to get their head up out of the 2019 and into the 2021.
0: Indeed, indeed. You know, if we look at the companies that have been stretching their wings and really capitalizing on these trends we talk about, um, I think we should focus on that because that is a bit of a, of a bellwether for the sort of um, world we live in now, right? All the, these internet companies, the, you know, you could Google, Alphabet, whatever you want to call them, um, certainly Amazon, these are all been right lock, stock and barrel with the pandemic in supporting the, the market.
1: Yeah, so one of the things I've noticed is the woe is me crowd – tend to focus on their costs. So when they come on the local news and they're talking about how horrible the world is, or they go onto any channel and they, they keep uh, discussing the horribleness of the current situation, um, what they're focused on is, oh, well, I've got these costs. I have a building or I have uh, equipment or I have employees and I have these costs. And How am I gonna manage these costs? And the first thing that I wanna make sure that our listeners are paying attention to is not paying, focusing on costs. They should be focusing on revenue. Sales is the determinant. Yep. And if your woe is me because your sales are down, that's something you can address. You can do something about your revenues. And that's the side of the equation that we really need to get people focused on, especially small businesses and entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things, uh, there's a term out there that I, that I absolutely hate. There's a phrase. And I don't, I don't hate a lot of things. But when somebody says that uh, he or she is a great salesman and can sell ice to an Eskimo, Right. So, so there's some political implications. We don't use that word anymore, of course, number one. But number two is that's not really the right market. And it, ha- it gives the sales and the, just a bad name. I mean, the most powerful, the richest people on this world are salesmen. If you think about across the board, Jeff, Jeff Bezos is a salesman, number one. And he always has been. He's operations number two. Um, but certainly sales is where people complain about. Oh, people aren't coming in. I'm not able to sell these things. Well, you know what? Maybe you have something that people don't want to buy. So maybe you yes. should think about changing what you're
1: selling. Yes. And then, of course, yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I think but people forget that, Manny. People sit there and they say, well, I have a widget. So go sell my widget. And I need a great, fantastic salesperson that can sell my widget, even if nobody wants it. And that's just kind of insane. And the reason uh, a lot of people make a lot of money in the role called sales is because they're very smart at thinking about what customers need and then going about introducing people to the solution to their needs, right? So they're not trying to, as you said, sell ice into the North Arctic. What they're trying to do is say, what do the people around me need? Where do I see a need? And can I match up a solution? Oh, let me make that happen for you. Let me go make the dialing, the dialing for dollars or whatever actions I need to yeah. do. Cause I know that at the end of the day, they have a need, your solution meets the need. And by bringing those two together, I'm going to have a great life and I'm going to make good money.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, sales is a process. It's a conversation. Uh, when I used to do sales training that to, with folks, you know, I would mention the fact that um, sales is about uh, walking away and going to the next one. Yeah, You see opportunities of people trying to sh- ram their solution down somebody's throat when in the end they don't really need that solution, like you mentioned, to a problem that they don't have, and so find somebody else. It's a, it's a numbers game.
1: And so that's where I want the, our, our listeners to pay attention is that when, if you're out there, you're, your role is to be as a salesperson for your company, for your solutions, is to look at the external world. You don't become great at selling or moving, increasing the revenue dollars by looking internally. You get great at that by looking externally, by looking at what's happening in the world, identifying people's needs, and then providing solutions to those needs. And we see that this is a, this is a big picture thing. The market you're in is often completely controlled by bigger markets and other things like new technologies and, and, and regulations and changes that are happening well beyond your control. And that's the key to being an adaptable sales type oriented organization, is that what you're doing is realizing you don't have control of, of your uh, ability to sell widgets. What you have control is your offerings or your solutions that then meet people's needs. And so what you have to do is put all your energy into understanding what are the needs? What are the unmet needs? And then how can I bring a solution to those unmet needs? And then being you know, adaptable to those situations. And I said, this this is a, a it, it's a big picture thing. And people, every small businesses should be out there looking around saying, what's happening in the world? What's happening with technology? You know, Zoom technology and other WebEx, those things are now prevalent. And how much are you using that in your business? Um, how much are you becoming a, a, adaptable to, to the, the four big trends that we've talked about around mobility and asynchronous communication, utilizing the gig economy, and adding artificial intelligence? If you're still sitting there saying, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to sell the same thing I always sell to the same people I always sold it to, that's not going to give you a great 2021, period. you got to start thinking about these big trends and how they apply. So like, I was thinking about this in terms of like overall markets, and, and Manny, can you, can you share with uh, those that are watching this that chart that I, I showed you about the value of the largest corporations? So those of you on the radio and listening to this without the benefit of, of a screen, the fact of what we know is that from 2005 to 2020, the eight largest corporations on the planet shifted from 2.1 trillion in value to 10 trillion in value. Wow, that's a lot, right? That's $8 trillion of value created in eight companies. Now, here's what's really interesting. Only one of those companies is the same company, right? Only one stayed on that list. The number one most valuable company in 2005 was General Electric with a valuation of over $380 billion. And what's General Electric today? It's almost gone. It's got a valuation of like $6 billion. So then we can take a look down the list. We see a lot of oil companies. You see Exxon. You see British Petroleum. You see Royal Dutch Shell. They were big valuation companies back in 2005. All right. So we see that they have a total value of 2.1 trillion, and it's but it's dominated by companies that today are not dominating. Exxon. is nowhere. It's worth about a tenth of what it was in 2005. So Now, why have those companies lost value? And we've watched simultaneously the value shift to who? Well, Apple alone is worth $2 trillion. It's worth as much as all of those companies were in 2005. And yet in 2005, we didn't even think Apple was going to be a survivor. And so now all of the seven of the eight most valuable companies are tech companies. So why did that happen? It happened because the world changed, right? So what happened was our need for oil changed. Our demand changed. We've, we've moved in a way we do business and how, uh, how our, 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 we get around. Um, and, you know, just we don't get around as much. We don't need as much oil globally. And since we don't need as much oil, what's happened? The value of those companies ha- has gone way down. And this, again, was not just pandemic driven. We're talking about a shift from 05 to 2020. So it's much bigger game at play here than just the pandemic. But it's an indicator of how the world has shifted, and the world has shifted towards utilizing these technologies to displace things that we used to do before, like driving and flying and those kinds of considerations.
0: Yeah, and what's interesting, in 15 more years, in 2035, this will likely be very different as well. Exactly, and that's what I hope our
1: listeners are paying attention to, is that if we had this much change from, you know, General Electric and Exxon being the leaders uh, in 2005. If now today it's Apple and it's Amazon and it's Microsoft, okay, what is it going to look like in 2030, right? Next year's 2021. What's going look like in 2030? If you're thinking about what is the world going to look like in 2030, you know, when we're going to have autonomous vehicles, when we're going to have biopharmaceuticals, when we're going to have telemedicine, we're going to have all these different things. And you need to think about how is that going to affect your business? And yeah. are you prepared today to head in that direction? Do you have a business that is going to be yeah. viable in the new world?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, the woe is me crowd is, is not looking at the 2030 world. They're looking at the 2019 world.
1: So I was um, really fascinated. When the pandemic first came in, there was a restaurant chain uh, called uh, Sweet Tomatoes. And it was, it's a, a restaurant chain in which you went in and you, you ate, it was buffet style, right? So the whole buffet style dining is really old, right? I mean, that is just very, very long in the tooth. It's not really on any kind of a growth trend. In fact, it's on the opposite end of trends. It's, it's getting smaller every single year. So that was the trend. But then when the pandemic hit, the leadership of the company that owns that brand sat down and said, well, what's going to happen in the future? And boom, they bankrupted the company immediately. And I thought, was, that was so smart because what they did was they took the time to sit down and say, what's the world gonna look like when this is all over in the pandemic and out into the future? And They said, you know what, our brand isn't gonna make it. We were, on the, we were on the tail end of the life cycle as it was. Let's, if, let's get out of that. We're not viable and let's find the next big thing. And that's what our entrepreneurs need to be doing today. Don't just hang on to the grim death of trying to figure out how to get people to buy your stuff. Sit down and say, wait a minute, if the world's going to be different in 2021, 2022, I need to be different then. Do you really go with what you have? Or is it time for you to internally start to change your game?
0: Right. And that is a, it's an excellent segue to a quick discussion on our course called uh, Think Innovation. Um, and really, you know, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle that need to be put in place so that you can change your mindset and be able to to really capture, I mean, first you have to change your mindset, so instead of looking backwards, you're looking forwards. There's a yeah. reason why there's a windshield is four, you know, five feet wide and a, and a rear mirror is only, you know, eight inches wide. Um, and so we gotta look forward. And there's other pieces of that puzzle that need to be put in place regarding uh, understanding trends, understanding how to use them, understanding how to pivot your company towards them. And, um, you know, people that are truly interested in growth will make the change they will go beyond themselves right because our mind has a way of playing tricks on us we they they would put that away from them and actually make an effort to truly look at their business how it is and how they want it to be and draw that line from one to the other
1: so a lot of folks will sit back and say wait a minute you're talking about these big companies like apple and microsoft and it doesn't apply to me and i would say that's absolutely false that's you being myopic and trying to think you're so unique that big trends don't affect you if we take a look at how did this 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 eight trillion dollars of additional value get created we can see that apple in the in just the period from 2010 so now we move from 2005 to 2010 but in the nine years or 10 years from 2010 through 2019 right we see that they're increased their value by five times right and in microsoft increased its value by three times and Google almost four times and Amazon by 14 times. And so they didn't do this by being lethargic and just selling the same stuff, if you go back to 2010, Apple was the Mac company. They were a one product company. It was the Macintosh. Now Macintosh is a tiny percentage of the revenue, right? They migrated into mobile. They made mobile their home. They came out with all these great products, you know, started with the iPod then just kept moving forward until we got the iPhone and iPad. And now we have, um, you know, the whole network of of applications, the the, the universe of applications that help us get our jobs done better, help us live better through the iTunes store. That's something they created, right? And so they, they shifted dramatically. Microsoft was the PC company. All you knew them for was Windows and Office, and that was all they had in 2010. What are they now? Now they're Azure, they're Office 365, they're software as a service living in the cloud, right? They're doing their big revenue base has been has been created by moving, not by selling the same stuff, but rather by actually intentionally moving off into selling new products. And certainly, we know the story about how Gap, Google's come out with Google Teams and, all, and, and Google Documents and the way that you can interact with people and share documents. And Amazon, you know, was selling books back in 2010, just gotten into general merchandise. And now look at everything they do, including Amazon Web Services, which is, the, you know, the largest cloud hosting company on the planet. This was a retailer, a retailer selling books. Now look at what we're into with with Amazon. They're such a different kind of a company than they were before. And Facebook itself isn't just Facebook. It's now Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, and it's connecting more people doing more stuff, easier, faster, and better than they did before. All five of these are stories of companies that undertook dramatic change. They didn't sit still, they didn't create their value by selling what they already had. They created this value by morphing, transforming, and adapting to the external world. And that's how they kept their revenues going up.
0: Absolutely. And I'll give a quick segue and uh, a quick little snippet on Google. Because uh, um, one of the ways they, they're intentional about innovation, they're intentional about creating their version of blank space, which obviously we talk about in the course. But um, you know, they give their employees one day a week, they can work on something else, whatever they want. And they hope they work on Google stuff, obviously. But uh, that's how um, things like Gmail was created from, from one of those uh, individuals. Yeah. Uh, go- all these Google, you know, Google chats, and um you know the calendar functionality a lot of these things were developed by giving people autonomy and saying work on these certain things four days a week and then the fifth days on on you whatever you want to do so they're intentional about creating new products and they know how to do it because they're smart about the process
1: so um I still am interacting with small businesses. I do workshops with people using mobile technology and Zoom technology. And occasionally I do some workshops where we bring in a handful of people in social distance them 10 feet apart, and we try to communicate and work in groups. And one of the things that I frequently will hear from people is I don't have the resources to focus, like to do that kind of thing that Google did. My people are all busy all the time, every single day, running the business. to them i always respond with, well then you're going to die because at some point the world's going to change remember that chart we started with you know where ge was the number most valuable company on the planet you know they did not keep the people focused on the future and they're dead in 15 years the most valuable company has died and so as small business people we can't take that position of oh i just don't have the resources to think about doing something new. I don't have the resources to let somebody spend a day a week you know, figuring out what new products or new solutions. I would say if you, you can't afford not to have that because as a small company, you have to be fleet of foot. You have to be adaptive. As an entrepreneur, you have to be seeing what the big companies can't see and can't go after because they're too busy running the business that they have. And so it's getting out of that cost mindset and really saying, hey, I wanna be like Google. I really want to be looking externally at what can I do? What's going to happen in 2021 and 2022 where I can position myself to really start to capture the, the customer. Indeed. No,
0: it's, it's absolutely true. Um, I'm just, I'm still amazed by the, the handful of people that still think we're going to go back to some new or some <laughs> the way it was. Right? right. Um, I think the smart people are taking a hard line look at themselves and their business.
1: So uh, Manny, if you could slip up to the next slide that I had uh, shared with you. And this one is for folks, again, who are listening. It's, it talks about Uber. And so, you know, all of us, I think, got to know Uber as a company that was a ride-sharing company, right? You know, you, you, they were an alternative to the traditional taxi service, and maybe sometimes an alternative to us driving ourselves. You know, if we wanna go have some cocktails uh, or, or, or another event, or a place where it's expensive to park. Well, Uber was the, the service that could make it easy for us to make that happen. And so they grew up with quite a good company. But one of the things that Uber has done since the pandemic started is a dramatic shift. In fact, the, the ride-sharing business, hauling people around, has, has dropped from 2019 into 2020, dropped by 45%, from $36 million to $19 million in, in that first quarter, or first two quarters, I'm sorry, of the year. 45% reduction. Now they could be a woe is me company. Hey, you know, people aren't going anywhere. People aren't going out to restaurants, you know, and oh, woe is me, woe is me, I can't wait for a vaccine. But what they did instead was they put, they, they quit focusing on that business and put all their energy, not all of it, but a lot of energy into saying, wait a minute, why can't we take uh, deliver packages, right? Small packages and big packages. And what we see happen, we see they doubled their delivery business, right? They go from 10 million to 20 million. By taking and saying, wait a minute, this is a pandemic. People don't need to haul their bodies around, but they do need to have stuff delivered. They need meals delivered. They need groceries delivered. They want packages delivered. And they even want small freight delivered. And so they jumped into that. And of course, their small freight business went up 35% from a half a million to about three quarters of a million dollars. So here was a company that could have easily been a woe is me company due to the pandemic. I lost 50% of my revenue. But instead of that, they shifted their focus so that they were able to almost maintain. They went from forty-six point eight million of total revenue to uh, forty point seven million. So it's a small decline, and I'm sure they're worried about that. They're trying yep. to figure out: we got to get that caught up, right? We got to keep after the delivery. We got to keep after the freight. We got to keep after these opportunities. And that's what <coughs> excuse me. I want everyone out there to think about: is have you shifted yet to the pandemic? Have you used what you've learned? Because you know, in Uber's case, we're not all going to be using Uber like we used to use it in the past. It's changed, right? We're not flying as much. We don't need the rides to the airport. We don't need the rides to the casinos. So, what do we need? We do need help around delivery. And, and have you applied that to your business? Have you said whether you know what has the pandemic done in my customer? How are they acting differently? And what can I give them to make their life easier?
0: One of the things I see a lot of, and all this echoes what I said earlier, is just people. Uh, not making a decision yeah. it's, it's somehow easier to just not do anything and see what happens to them but in the end it's it's far worse you've got to act you've got to find your next thing and create a strategy and act upon it to capitalize on these trends and not just sit away sit around and wait nothing's going to happen if you just wait it also
1: you yes. yes yes And so, Manny, would you shift over to the the last slide, which was the one about Disney. And about two or three months ago, we spent a podcast talking about Disney. And I was very concerned. I said, look, the business world world has changed. How we enjoy entertainment has changed. And I said, I thought Disney was stuck, stuck in a bunch of assets that they needed to get out of. And then I was really worried because they replaced the CEO and they replaced the CEO with someone out of the old business, someone who had been in the um, uh, the, the amusement parks and in the traditional film business. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's the wrong guy. Wrong guy, not focused on the right stuff. And so we spent a whole podcast around that. Remember that? I do, yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm here to say I'm eating my shoe, okay? Because the leadership of Disney stepped up in this pandemic in ways that I totally did not predict. They thoroughly stepped back from their old business model and focused on the new business model. They noticed that those parks and recreation experiences were in decline. And in fact, revenue fell 37%. Woe is me, woe is me, right? That's exactly what I thought they would do. And get me a vaccine, get people back in those amusement parks. They didn't go down that route. In fact, they've been very slow to try to reopen the parks. They've been very careful. It's not even clear to what extent they're going to invest in that business anymore. At the same time, people quit going to movie theaters for obvious reasons, right? And that revenue fell 13%. So the studio business went down as well. Those were the ones that we predicted would do poorly. And they have done poorly. But Disney reacted. They didn't sit still. They, as you said, made decisions. What did they do? They really went after their online business, their, their, their media network, pushing product out uh, to, to the customer uh, online, right? Pushing it out to through the, through the channels. And so the revenue went from 24 billion to 28 billion, a 14% increase there. And they direct to consumer that, getting it into your home, having you watch the movies first time in your home, not depending on a studio, almost doubled, went up 80% in that period. So what we see is from 2019, revenues were at 71 and a half billion. In 2020, revenues are 71 and a half billion. That's okay, we'll taking a look at that at the physical year.
0: Yeah, this is a great example of, of taking action and really aligning their business to the the trends, no matter what they are. Um, so with that, we have to sign up for today, but uh, always welcome, uh, some feedback and uh, you know, certainly go to our website, sparkpartners.com. Uh, we'll be releasing our course very soon and are excited to share with you some very deep domain um, expertise to help you to grow your business. So with that, Adam, thank you for your time.
1: Let's help people keep their eyes on the future. Absolutely. We'll talk to you later.